All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckocrats? What is happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, if you're new here because of the the uh, <laughs> the the juice I got in that Parade Magazine piece, who knew? Who knew that I would be on the cover of Parade Magazine? And I thought it was a tremendous... Um, I, I think uh, when I got on the cover of my college alumni magazine, Boston University alumni magazine, I thought that was uh, that that was something because there was there was a bit of fuck you in that. There was a bit of uh, yeah, fuck you because I had one time there was a time when I did a stand up show at the college, made fun of the then president of the college, John Silber, and was erased from the event in the alumni magazine. And uh, so being on the cover of it years later was definitely satisfying. But Parade, Parade magazine, I, you know, I didn't even know. I didn't even, I honestly didn't know it, was, it still existed. And I'm happy it exists because to be honest with you, and I, and I think they talked about this a bit in that uh, on the sidebar of the Parade piece, along with the, the, a, a fairly thorough definition of what a podcast is, um, which I thought was good. It shows you who the audience is. And and, 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 and to be honest, it's important that uh, people of that generation do get hip to the podcast. It would be nice. You know, we don't want the numbers to plateau completely. But nonetheless, Parade Magazine was something that I looked forward to a great deal when I was younger. The My Favorite Joke section of Parade Magazine, which was, I, in my recollection, around the last page, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, was the best thing that existed in the world. I would go you know, just rummage through the paper until I found Parade, until I get to that back page with some sweaty comedian, a big picture of, uh, of Rodney Dangerfield, Buddy Hackett. And, and the, all the comics of that era in the 70s were on the back, and then some of the older guys. And it would just be a picture of them, their name, and a bunch of their jokes written out. And I loved it. I loved it. I, I remember looking forward to it and reading them over and over again. And it really planted a seed in my head uh, that comedy was important and something amazing and something that you know I eventually wanted to be part of. So thank you to Parade for putting me on the cover and thank you for inspiring me as a very young person to uh, respect and enjoy jokes written down on the page. By the way, Marilyn Manson is the guest today on the show. He was here a few weeks ago before the stuff fell on him uh, at the beginning of his tour, sadly. Uh, he was, uh, I think, partially uh, crushed a bit by some props. I believe he's okay, but this was recorded before all that. And it was an interesting conversation because, look, I know who Marilyn Manson was. I didn't grow up with his music per se, but he was certainly a theatrical force and certainly a musical force to, uh, to a certain generation of youngsters. But the spectacle of Marilyn Manson is pretty insanely compelling. And when I got the opportunity to talk to him, I took it. He came over. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, and I don't think Marilyn would mind me saying, uh, I think he was a little loopy. I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll say more about that before I intro him uh, in a few minutes. But uh, he's a witty guy and a bright guy. And I think, it went pretty, I think the conversation went pretty well. Uh, for a while, it was good. It was good. It was good to see him uh, and good to meet him. 
But uh, speaking of writing, Brendan McDonald and myself went, uh, we were at Barnes & Noble in Union Square, New York City on Tuesday night doing our, our presentation for Waiting for the Punch, Words to Live By from the WTF podcast by myself and Brendan. And it was great. Over 300 people showed up, standing room only. And Brendan and I get up there. We got the book, and Brendan sort of takes the lead and you know throws some stuff at me. I react to it. Sometimes like he'll throw something at me. He'll get me worked up, and that's always fun for the audience. We talk a little bit about how, how it all came about and just uh, people get to know Brendan a little bit if they don't know him already. And it was a great event. A lot of people, uh, about, like I said, a lot of people came, honestly came. This is not a, uh, I'm not manufacturing numbers, okay? I, I don't have any problem admitting uh, success or failure. I will admit both. I'm fairly candid like that. But this was definitely a success, and we signed uh, hundreds of books. We stayed for two hours, met all the fans, signed the books. I even met some cousins I didn't know I had. But it was a great event, and people seemed to be enjoying the book. I also did the New York Times Book Review Podcast, I don't know when that's on, but uh, that was a nice conversation. And we did the uh, the gist. Brendan and I both did that. And that's coming up. Yeah, so it was fun to be in New York for two days. It was a quick two days. I uh, hung out with my pal Sam Lipsight, the genius writer Sam Lipsight. Uh, I would take a look at his books. I, I just want to... Uh, I'm, I'm here to sell books for not only me, but for my buddy Sam Lipsight. It's so nice to hang out with a pal that you see not as often as you'd like, and you just sit there and you eat some fish and you laugh for a few hours. Quality time. Hung out with my buddy Jim Loftus. Used to be in politics. Used to be at the State House. Now he's up in New Hampshire. Kind of holed up. Not in a... Uh, a frightening way, but in a sort of like thinking about stuff way. Uh, and we talked for an, uh, a little bit about the state of the world. I get, you know, I've got advisors. I've got, I've got advisors that were, uh, you know, once uh, within the government. I, there's people I reach out to and, you know, try to get the pulse on, uh, you know, when do we flee, I think is, uh, <laughs> is the big question. When, when, when do we, when do we uh, take off? When does that happen? What else can I report to you uh, other than the uh, we're very excited about the book. We're doing another event this um, Friday. Uh, that's tomorrow in San Francisco at the Alamo Draft House uh, through the Litquake Fest. I think you can go to litquake.org maybe to uh, to see if there's any tickets left for that. And if you want to get your copy of the book, if you haven't gotten your copy of the book yet, you can go to wherever you buy books or you can go to markmarinbook.com. And for those of you who got the uh, the nameplates, the book plates, the signed uh, nameplates for the book, uh, those are being delivered uh, separately from the book. So ease up on the emails. It's coming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't steer you wrong. It's coming. You know, I've gotten some uh, emails lately about, you know, me getting off caffeine, me getting off nicotine, people wanting to get sober and whatnot. I'll tell you what's interesting about where I'm at right now, and, and, I, and I don't like to admit this, I don't think, is that I have gotten off the caffeine in the coffee form. You know, I think that caffeine and tea is different. I've been drinking green tea, no nicotine. And I got to tell you, I'm a lot calmer. I'm a lot less prone to spinning out. I'm a lot less exhausted. I'm less queasy. I'm less um, in need of a nap in the middle of the day. I'm a little thick 
I feel like uh, things are staying with me in the forms. Yeah, I don't think food is moving through me as quickly as it once did. I think everything has slowed down a bit. But if I'm slowly adjusting to the ground zero of who I am energetically and biologically, well, great. Then maybe I can sort of work from there. But nothing is exacerbated right now. The anxiety is there. The tension is there. The fear is there. But I'm also like able, it's not consuming me because it's not, the volume isn't turned up to 90 with caffeine, with uh, coffee specifically, and nicotine, taking the edge off on the bottom end, but then ultimately going both ways when you uh, don't uh, you don't expect it. So oddly, I got to tell you, coffee makes you more aggravated. Genius, right? I'm glad I did the homework on that one. Coffee makes you more aggravated. Now, Marilyn Manson was here, and I, I why would he have a problem? In fact, like I, he came into the house, he got his buddy with him. It's like 6, 6.30 at night. Uh, I say hi, I walk up to him, I shake his hand. He's a very large man, tall. And I, 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 you know, I smelt a familiar smell of um, just sort of a, a, a being saturated with alcohol. Uh, I know the smell. And then, like, it took me a while to realize, because I just want you, I, I think, I don't think this is an, a, a negative preface. I, I think, you know, it's not, I mean, people know that, you know, that Marilyn Manson uh, likes to, you know, likes to live the life. And it took me a while to realize that I think maybe, you, you know, the way he coveted his water bottle in here, and then when he took it with him when he left, it was a Fiji water bottle that he was drinking slowly, uh, that, you know, when, when we left the garage it was it probably had about a quarter left in it and he hung on to it and i think that if if you listen you know as the conversation goes on you can you can feel it a little bit you you can feel the he's getting a little little loopy as uh as i like to call it and uh but you know it's cool you know this garage is safe it's a safe space if you want to have a cocktail i've had people come over here with cases of beer with weed with cigarettes with a little booze in a in a water bottle, whatever you need to get through, man. Who am I to judge, right? So Marilyn Manson, his new album is Heaven Upside Down. It's available now. And although he had to cancel some of the early dates on his tour, we were told by his reps this week that he's recuperating at home in L.A. and he's on the mend. So there you go. So this is me and Marilyn Manson, uh, in parentheses, uh, Brian Warner. Okay? It was it was it was fun. It was fun. My guitar is called Excalibur. I bought my guitar in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, at a pawn shop right next door to where I recorded Antichrist Superstar in nineteen ninety five ish. Yeah. And it's uh, it's an old Ibanez. It's sort of, I think it used to be white, but yeah. yellowed with age. But it weighs heavier than, than like a most ball. girls that I've had fornication with. No, it's it's really heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's like ninety pounds heavy. It, which Ibanez is it like a Les Paul copy or it's is it a, double cutaway? Yeah, no, it's it's like a Les Paul yeah. copy. Yeah, but it's a seventies one. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but no, it wrote a lot of great. Uh, Do you play great songs, no, but it wrote beautiful some, people, dope show. Those you know, are great shows. Those are great songs. I Big just, hits, I, man. No, Big I mean, hits. I, I'm not saying that it, the guitar wrote them. <laughs> I'm saying that the guitar might have been used while sure. writing them. Well, so you it was it, 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 it was part of it. 
Yes, the guitar is part of. So, and you bought it in New Orleans. Everything for has. For 400 bucks. It was a lot of money then. Sure. But Still everything is. has a, a ritualistic uh, a kind of um, status, you know, because it's just the way you set it up. Well, no, it has a. Yeah, you has bought a, it in New Orleans, 400 bucks. It's like it a used totem. To be white it's like it, a totem. But like yeah. some guys have it. Like someone told me the other night, who was I talking to Randy Newman's son? He said that Bob Dylan gave Neil Young Hank Williams' guitar. That's important. That's got to be a magic guitar, right? That's, and I'm friends with Shooter Jennings, which yeah. is not related to Hank Williams. No, but it's it's a, but the legacy. No, it's a, the legacy. Sure. And I think that what we were talking about earlier about Keith, mm-hmm. who I've never formally met. Are you a fan? Of course. <laughs> especially of him. You have to be, right? Yeah. I, I've met Mick many times. But, uh, but Keith is like the one of the original dark guys. Keith is dark. Yeah, he's darkness. He's, he's one of the prince of darkness. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just remember. Uh, I remember he has a weird tuning that he moves one string from yeah. his guitar, five string guitar. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Open D or G or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that I called it Excalibur. Yeah. Because it, you know, I'm not traditionally a guitar player. In fact, if you want to know my exact tuning, yeah, it's E B. E B B E, so it's almost open tuning, but I like to yeah. play with an open E. Yeah, Billy Corgan taught me that tuning. He did. So I learned how to play that tuning, sort of. I, I believe that in, at some point I had a Guild guitar, which was yeah. not Excalibur, but it was a Guild. But I electric. Cracked it. Or, yeah, yeah. I, cra- I cracked the neck on it. So. Oh, it happens. So, so you do the kind of an open E ish tuning. So Billy gave you that tuning, so you could just play with your one finger. Mostly, yeah, because you need the other fingers for doing the middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I actually sing with my left hand. I'm right-handed. Yeah, you don't want to know why? Why? Because I just have to catch bottles being thrown at me. <laughs> that's really that's true you had to have and your right I hand still, active i still have the dexterity to keep track of not being hit by bottles are they still being thrown at you every now and then someone bit me, someone bit me on the dick at my last show what was your dick doing now i went into the uh, well, i guess i, the, I went no I, it was not out oh, okay all right. no, it wasn't like a freestyle yeah. dick biting. <laughs> dick in pants Dick, dick and, and pa- leotard. Dick and pants. Or whatever. No, no leotard. I don't know. No, tights? I, okay, fair enough. These pants. These exact okay, same fine. pants. I haven't changed them since then. Why well, don't you? You've gone through a lot of things. I can change a lot of things, but not my pants. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, I jumped into the barricade. <laughs> yeah. And I was singing to the crowd. Yeah. I remember what city it was. I think it might have been somewhere in Upper Eastern Europe. Maybe the Kievs or the, the Russians. Balkans. Somewhere yeah. far up. This is recently? Somewhat, yes. This yeah. is a month ago. And someone bit hard onto where my dick is. Uh-huh. They didn't get the dick, but they got the part of the pant right. where the dick belongs. They were intending. But my dick intent. ducked. <laughs> it went, it went, it swerved like a matrix dick. And But they wouldn't let go. And I had to point my, my microphone at them because my microphone actually is a knuckle duster. Oh, yeah. A real one. Like uh, so, brass knuckles? Yeah. That kind of situation? We're not allowed to tell anyone that it's really brass knuckles, but it is really brass knuckles. So For I decided to point it at the girl biting my dick pant Is it a girl? Yeah, but I but she had glasses on. And my mother, God rest her soul, always said, don't hit a girl with glasses. I'm glad you so draw a line. saved her. <laughs> that was what saved her? You yeah, could have handled well, the diplomat. You weren't going to hit her either way. No, but I mean, if she would have, if she would have got foreskin, I would have really got upset. Uh, you, maybe you would have reacted. 
It would have hurt. Yeah, yeah. One of us. Someone would have walked out of there in pain. Well, what are you what are you wearing up there now? What's your what's your current getup? Well, I uh, coincidentally had to leave a fitting for my clothing just to come all the way down here to your garage to do this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, what welcome. is what is the fitting for the new uh, adventure? Well, I consider it somewhere between uh, <laughs> Cramps and Alice Cooper and uh, Ziggy Stardust. Standard. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's but then, Marilyn but, Manson but, attire. But then... But the apocalypse and uh, apocalypse now joining it. Oh, some Vietnam, so, yeah. some, some Martin Sheen. Oh, yeah, and, and then you get a little bit of uh, remember Lawrence Fishburne when he sure. was seventeen. Yeah, in that movie. Yeah, he he's great. Sh- he had shot with an arrow. No, that was the other guy. He got a spear. Yeah, Fishburne but, no, got shot. He had just got regular shot. Yeah, regular shot. But I liked. I really liked. It's strange. The last time I saw my father in Los Angeles because yeah. he died recently in Ohio. Canton, Ohio. Is that where you're from? Yeah, he died in the hospital I was born in, and he was born in Canton, Ohio, uh, recently. And so I dedicated this record to him. But I won't want to be, you know, morose about it yeah. because my father would not like that. What he, kind of what kind of dude was he? He was the guy who used to say, since I was in fifth grade, yeah. I can't look back until now and think that I went in a time machine and said. Dad, I'm only 12, and you're saying to my friends in Christian school, have you ever sucked a sweeter dick than mine? <laughs> and his whole joke about that was, well, you still sucked a dick either way. That was his whole joke that he thought was funny, and I'm at the time, I just was like, you were 12? Dad, stop saying that. But now it's really hilarious because he was saying that to middle school kids. <laughs> what was his job? My dad was, uh, well, he was in Vietnam. I think he was part of, uh, you know, some sort of CIA black ops doing napalm and Agent Orange. He definitely sprayed Agent Orange, but I don't know. Was he a pilot? He was a helicopter uh, mechanic. No kidding. Yeah. So he came back all right? Well, I'm not really sure how he was before that because I was a boy. He came back and then made me. With right, his own personal semen. Sure, good. Out of his own old style, stuff. old yeah, school, family, family style. But you didn't, you didn't get a sense <laughs> that it uh, haunted him somehow or anything like that. He never talked to me about it until about two years ago. Really? Yeah. And he said, as I was actually watching Apocalypse Now, and I had it freeze framed on my wall because yeah. I have a projector on my wall that I like to watch movies on. Yeah. And he drove cross country from Ohio. In a to see the movie disgusting yellow Corvette, and I said, "Dad, stop flaunting my wealth with such an ugly car, colored like a chicklet." <laughs> and I was kind of pissed at just the color of the car, but yeah. but I, I, I didn't. He said he was coming to visit me. You bought it for him. You just gave him. You, you, he bought it on his own money. without telling me. Yeah. Essentially, so yes, I bought it for him. Yeah, but I don't regret that. Yeah. I just regret the color of it. That was it, an old one. No, it was brand new, yeah, yellow, horribly new. It would be something that you would want to fight the person that drove it. <laughs> yeah, so I made him put a car cover over it in front of okay. my house because I didn't want anyone trying to fight me yeah. because of his car. But uh, so you're watching Apocalypse now? Yeah, I had it freeze framed, and he said it was the most accurate portrayal of Vietnam. And all, my entire life, he had always said he had never drank or done drugs ever. Yeah, and that day, and this is about three years ago. Yeah. 
and he's he just started telling me things he had never said and he wasn't saying in the sarcastic apple and tree falling far from each other right. type of way right. I always divert to sarcasm when I'm in a situation where it's too emotional right I'll say something funny right or what I think is funny yeah or inappropriate but he started saying to me uh, that it was his job to basically kill women and children and he got good at it and he was supposed to because it was his job and it was really tough to come home from that and not in a PTSD way in a way that how do you replace that that part of you and I was trying to relate to it in some way and I really couldn't and then he said to me it's probably just the same as you when you come off stage son and that was really a weird comparison, but uh -huh. I guess that was the way he looked at it. And that was a strange thing to say to me. Well, maybe he was talking about that zone you enter with all that cortisol and dopamine. Well, it's your, well, it's your job, and yeah. you're supposed to do what you do. And, you know, of course, the difference between me on stage and off is on stage I'm speaking to people I've never met. Yeah. Off stage I'm talking to people that... I just met, met just yeah, now sure. with you or, also, or people that I know. And you're performing for hundreds of and you know, and, and you're people. seducing people yeah. as a rock star, but sure. that, no way I don't think that that compares to what he did, but in some way he related the two. Yeah. Who's unusual it's words unusual. of advice? Do you find that like, you know, that his uh so you weren't brought up with religion? I grew up in Christian school, but my parents were not actually religious what'd your mom do well let me start with my father before he went to vietnam yeah was studying to be a jesuit priest catholic. so they were catholic yeah my mother was episcopalian and she was a hillbilly from the appalachian mountains yeah so that's a sioux indian part of me so i got half you know rain dance of you me. think so Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I make it rain, make it stop rain. I've yeah. made it rain before. Yeah. And I don't mean like in the strip bar way. You mean like... No, I, be I believe in, you know, Indian magic. Okay. But um, my father was always really secretive about his past. But, yeah. I mean, his side of the family was Polish. Yeah. You know, came from, you know, well, immigrant. I mean, Im immigrants, so... You don't have to hide that. No, no, no. I just he, No, no, he didn't hide it. It was just... It was, <laughs> He, but he was the Catholic part, so they sent me to Christian school so I would get a good education. Not but, Catholic school, Christian school. Right, because my dad got the, you had the rule, and it's like, yeah. Nuns with the rule. But my grandmother, his mother, yeah. used to make me kneel on a broomstick if I ever cursed in her house. Have you ever knelt on a broomstick? Oh, uh, with your knees on it? Yeah. Oh. That, that fucking hurts. That's worse than the rice under the knees. Where, where do you even learn that? Catholic school, I guess. Huh. But no, it's really painful. Yeah. It gives you bad knees. Yeah. Because I cursed a lot. Yeah. So it really fucked you <laughs> so up. So I was real. not Catholic growing up. I went to a Christian school. Which is? It was non-denominational. Yeah. And it was weird. So was it based on just that it's, vague kind of uh, starry-eyed uh, Jesus? Like Catholic, you get a lot of other things going on. You got outfits. Yeah, you got you got costumes, which, which thousands relates, of years of history, which relates to my new video, which I, right, I was going to try me. to show you. Uh, yeah, I was well, showing you, you. You showed me stills of it. Nuns with guns, but I think that that I didn't even come up with the idea as much as a guy that 
uh, Bill, uh, who traveled with me. Yeah. Bill Yukic. He traveled with me during the era of Antichrist Superstar. Yeah. He was on tour with me, and he had to be in the thick of it. So yeah. it was almost like being in warfare because we had so many death threats. And I can't not anticipate trouble from this, but I just thought it was a time rather than talk about politics just to divert the attention to talking about things that are more interesting or pointing things in a different direction. Because, well, But don't you like doing that? I mean, aren't you hoping that'll... I love when there's a shitty president because it makes me seem like the smartest person in America when I go to Europe. Yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> yeah. But don't you but don't you like provoking? I mean, especially of course, now of course. the uh like this weird uh, now now this attempt to to meld, you know, the the Christian right with the nationalistic right. There's n- there's plenty of crossover, but now there's more of a concerted effort to make it really happen. Like you might that's a good block to piss off for you, right? It well it seems it seems not unlike when I put out Antichrist Superstar right. because I was making fun of the Christian right and the fascist element of America Yeah, who was so busy when I was growing up in school condemning, you know, I, I really feel, and this is not condoning any sort of ism. Yeah. I just feel like they always focused on one or the other. It's like you got communism, you got Nazism, you got... But what about Americanism? Right. What happened to that? Yeah. Like, if anyone's national socialist, it would be America for the most part. So I tried to make that into a statement that was partly religious pointed, partly political, Mm -hmm. and partly rock star. And that's where I started. And I knew I was called a shock rocker. So I put a lightning bolt like Bowie did, but I actually trademarked the lightning bolt that you get on the back of your toaster or whatever it might be. Yeah. Because no one ever thought to do that. And you I did. trademarked it? Yes, sir, I did. So let me let me ask you this, because like, I was like I, I was poking around doing research and Antichrist Superstar and Revelation twelve. Do you know that's supposed to happen this month? <laughs> well, Yes, I do. You do? But, but, you that would be, to- but that would be Revelations 12. Revelations 12, yeah. But I did a small nod to the Beatles with Revolution number nine. On the new record? Revelation. Number 12. 12. Right. Yeah, so I didn't put the S on it. Right. But, and also I wanted to reclaim the the pound sign on the phone. It's not being a hashtag. Yeah. Because I was sick of people calling it a hashtag. Well, now it's another, it's, it's a Twitter. Pound, it will always be a pound sign now on your phone. Yeah. You'll never have a phone or it's not a pound sign. Right. Except in some strange future. But yes, I did know that. But people say, oh, the world's coming to an end. But they said that when, in 1984, when, that's when I started to be disenfranchised entirely with religion in Christian school. How old and were you? I, I don't know why I do the math there, but I'm going to okay. guess it's like... I was born in 1969, the best year to be born yeah, in. Yeah, so right, 15, 15. Okay, so I was 15. Yeah. I have that number tattooed behind my ear because that seems to be like... 84 my, or 15? No, 15. You that, do? That's the that's the year I lost my virginity. Yeah. And I got crabs. From the first time? Yeah, because you would think, who has crabs at age 15? And of course, it's the girl I lose my virginity to because my father scared me into it, said, if you don't lose your virginity... By the time you're 18, I'm going to buy you a prostitute. So therefore, I have a fear of prostitutes yeah. and of girls with pubic hair now. Yeah. So, but, but you didn't have to go to a prostitute. 
No, I unfortunately you found, found the, a the, cheerleader from with crabs. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville? It's Canton, yeah. Ohio J- adjacent. Yes. Louisville. Is it Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. In Canton, in Canton, it's Louisville. Okay. Because I have three different brands of redneck. I grew up in Ohio. Yeah. Then I moved to Florida, which is like the bottom dick end of insect world oh, yeah, man. redneck. I, I can see where that all it all comes, then how I, that informed you. Then I did. The Florida experience. <laughs> then I did thrive up the dick of Florida. Yeah. And somehow ended up in Nolens, yeah, which is a place that's I wouldn't even say I can't use the barometer of good and evil. Yeah, it's a sinister place. It's got its own vibe, that's for sure. It's sinister. I'll tell you that. I don't know about good and evil, but it's it's a place I wouldn't. You know, it's I often say this as a joke about myself. Yeah, it's a great place to visit. I'm a great place to visit, but yeah. you wouldn't live here. Yeah, I've, I've heard that about myself as well. But New Orleans, I live there, and it's a it has darkness that is that is stuck with me and deep and old darkness. Something something that goes back to Robert Johnson days, you know, it's uh-huh. old school blues days. Uh huh. I felt that there the last time I was there. You definitely feel like first you feel like, well, this is a unique place. There's no place like New Orleans, and then you feel like something's up here. When it comes to evil shit, yeah. I think that people can accept my opinion in saying that there's something very unexplainably sinister in New Orleans. Sinister, dark, mysterious, but... Unexplainable. Unexplainable, That's but a better word. evil, I mean, evil, with that word used in a non-romantic way, like, I don't think you're evil, Right, you. I like you said romantic. That's that's true because I consider myself a romantic person. Yeah, but like you know, like you know what evil is. Yes. Yeah, and and I know what good is. Yeah. I mean, in the natural moral barometer. What the what the what what you know when you you drop bombs when you kill when you ethics yeah. and morals. Yeah, sure, sure. Got but you. There, Continue. But, but I'm just saying that you know, like when I think about darkness or I think about mystery or I think about some witchy shit. It's not necessarily evil. It's just sort of like, what's going on? Right? Fair enough, yeah. But I mean, but this was... No, I tend to swerve on the witchy side. Yeah, I feel On the that. Altamont side yeah. versus the Woodstock side of 69. <laughs> on the Manson side versus the... Uh, the, yeah. uh, the the other side. I know. I, yeah, but, I, but, but, I spent some time there. But I don't... I consider myself to have someone with... I consider myself to be someone with a moral compass where if I love somebody, yeah. I love something... Is I have a very limited family now that my parents are both gone. Yeah. And it's not something I'm going to, you know, complain about. That's part of life. It's a circle of life. It's a snake-eating-some-tail yeah. type Ouroboros. of thing. Ouroboros. Correct, sir. Yes. And I feel like my father would want me to you know, put good energy into moving forward. Now, what I do might not be considered good by everyone else, but as far as good and evil, I do believe that you should care about the people you love yeah. and protect them with everything you can. Yeah. And not try to hurt other people unless it's an, unless you have to do it for a reason that no. is to protect what you love. Your dick. Unless you're biting your dick. But I didn't hurt that person a bit. She she didn't get through the dick. She didn't get through the dick. So, like, when you started doing this shtick. I I, 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 I
you listen to that one? Yeah, I love Alice Ben. He's, yeah. he's 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 so cool to me because at first I thought he hated me, you know, because of being Christian and sober and things, and me representing a lot of things that weren't that, and also in real life. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, what other life is? There? No, I mean like well, he, I don't he, sep- it would I don't, be hard for him to you don't separate, which is I, I don't think, separate, which is probably why he had a problem, or you thought he had. Well, a problem. I thought he had a problem, yeah. and you know, so but when I got to meet him, he's such a. I, we had so much fun on tour together. We did a song together. It's going to be on the next Hollywood Vampires record. It's called Alice versus the Bottle, and I play the bottle. That's see, you're, that's proactive. Yeah, see, it's, it's guys- like almost like yogurt. <laughs> How so? proactive okay McCulture. probiotic culture yeah no but proactive like, would actually be an acne medicine sure but yeah but no but i mean it's no, nice you guys are playing the yin and the yang of who you are and you, you, know, you she was saying shtick oh a uh, shtick so well yeah well i think that alice if if we bring if we're talking about alice who obviously had some inspired you somehow at some great, point great influence huge influence of yeah. course but he differentiates i mean he you know he like there's there's the guy on stage and then there's the guy playing golf really well, when I was a kid, it wasn't that way. And it was never that way with Bowie or anyone that I grew up listening to. Even Kiss, which I think without saying something uh, bad about anything with Kiss, I was really disappointed one day because my father took me to my first concert, which was Dynasty Tour of Kiss, yeah. which a lot of people frown upon. Was it later? The later one. Well, what I like it was. I was made for loving you. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. My father was dressed like Gene Simmons, and people were asking him for his autograph. Oh, really? So it was exciting. So your dad was a character. Yeah, he was a he was a total character. I mean, he was. You guys, yeah, you got along. You looked up to the guy. Wasn't he, a problem. He looked a lot like me. Yeah. <laughs> so he used to talk. <laughs> but he sounds like he he knew how to have a good time, bust balls, get dressed yeah, up. Yeah. And so when I met Gene Simmons later, he was. Uh, it was not, I wouldn't say a letdown. It was just a little different than when, you know, I got to meet Bowie or I got to meet Alice Cooper. Those, those are great events in my life. And I'm not going to say Gene Simmons was a letdown, but I'm just going to say that well, Bowie. Were you surprised that he was a, a, an obnoxious, loud Jewish man? No, I just meant that he was wearing a denim Looney Tune shirt. That's all. I'm just saying that's I just, that was really disappointing. <laughs> that's, that's what did it? And he had black cotton candy for hair. It was just weird. <laughs> and he didn't have his makeup on? No, the makeup didn't matter. Yeah. That didn't matter. You know, with me, like, I'm not wearing lipstick right now. People have always ask me, what do you look like without your makeup? I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. It's like, what do you look like without your mustache? Yeah. I hear you. You know, I got eyeliner on because I slept in it last night. And you don't And you don't have eyebrows? No, I shave my eyebrows. Right. For fun. Because no, I know. It, it just, it looks, See, it looks more interesting. No, definitely. Me. It has an impact. No, I just mean, I just don't like eyebrows. I mean, I have no, really like, beautiful eyebrows when they're... No, but going. for me, like looking at you, I'm like, well, look, he's pretty. He's, he doesn't have. I can't. He's got I, a little eyeliner on, no, no lipstick, and his eyebrows are gone. I can't be lowbrow or highbrow. It's no brow. It's no brow. <laughs> you transcend beyond good and evil. So <laughs> I'm not Nietzsche. Uh, you're not. No. no. He's just a thinker. That's all. He's just a thinker. Some guy that wrote a little man. Down. He's just a little man. He wrote, things. wrote things down in a fury at times. Yeah. But uh, but so did you find Gene dismissive? What was it like meeting? No, no, Bowie. Because like, what that I was, was that was. I can't even imagine it. What it, year? What, when was that? It was on the last tour that he did. Um, before he, well, it was the last tour that I saw him. That he did before he died. I didn't really get to meet him before that. 
and it was backstage in Santa Barbara, and he was uh, somehow Laura Flynn Boyle, who's now become yeah. a really scary person, if you ever look her up, because yeah. of, as you could see, I love Twin Peaks. Yeah. But uh, Laura Flynn Boyle was somehow trying to squeeze her way into the shot, and I was it was the first time meeting Bowie. It's and very was, weird backstage at these big rock shows in, it was, in this but area. I, but you know, for in me, LA, you know? I just remember he grabbed my tie, and he said, Hedy Slimane. And what he, he said? What? No, he had. He grabbed my tie. and said, "Oh, Hedy Slimane," because he knew the design oh. of the tie. Oh, yeah. and I was all excited, and I felt like I was going to pee in my pants like that <laughs> little girl. And then Laura Flynn Boyle came in and ruined it. Started yelling about cocaine and like in toilets, and I don't know what else. What was that? What do you mean? Was she in just a uh, weird fit? I of some have kind? no idea. Just Google. Was she acting her, crazy? Google her face. Was she? <laughs> Just Google her face. Oh, I'll do it later. No, was but when to, you Google it, it'll answer your question. It'll all make Google sense. it right now. Have you ever met that woman that's got the tiger surgery, turned tiger I, face? I, I feel like I know where you're going. I'm going to need it. It's scary. Yeah, but I I'm felt gonna... like she was on the brink of becoming scary. Yeah. And when I met her, she was really overwhelming. Okay, and okay. it was it was fucking with my Bowie moment. I was like having my Bowie moment. And she fucked with it. Okay, I see. I and see. I wanted her to be a boil and I wanted to pop it, lance it. And that was all you got? Just the tie moment? Yeah, just that moment. And I said, Bowie, I said, uh, I didn't say Bowie. I just said, hey, can I ask you one question? Yeah. And I said. What's she doing here? <laughs> no, no, that would have been a good question. <laughs> and I said, so when you, you know, you decided to stop doing drugs yeah. and things like that, how did how'd that work for you? How did, how did you work that out? He yeah. said, I just got bored of it. Hmm. I thought that was interesting because I just broke it out of rehab, promises. And I think Sherilyn Finn was, no, not Sherilyn Finn, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. It's so many Lynn's. Yeah. Three named people are dangerous. It's tricky. Lee Harvey Oswald. John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Mark David Chapman. Henry Lou Lee Diamond Lucas. Phillips. Terrifying. Uh, Edward James Almost. You want to go four namers? J.R.R. Tolkien. I don't even know why he's got four. What's his? What's the I don't know other, what the R's are. I don't know what the J's for. J.J. Abrams. That's who knows? We could go on forever with this. You want to play this game? No, but I don't think so. It's a terrible game. So you have you gotten bored with drugs and booze? Um, I found a different balance with it. <laughs> I didn't get bored with it. I just found out very simply, don't drink and do drugs when you're by yourself Yeah. or you're unhappy. Yeah. Because I never knew the difference between a party and a problem. Oh, that sounds like a slogan. Sounds like a song, did but you, did, it's too it's too obvious. I think. Did you just come up with that, or is, did you is that did you see that on a car coming over here? No, I didn't see <laughs> a car coming over here. It's the advice I give to youngsters when I go do youth. <laughs> give care. it to me again. Give it to I go me again. Youth care. There's, There's. I don't know the difference between a party, party and a problem. <laughs> Because I never, when people would say, let's party, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Because I was like, it doesn't seem fun. It yeah. seems like we're all getting shit hammered, and then it's going to be a bunch of gay dudes naked in my pool. <laughs> and then suddenly. Uh, TMZ is here, and there's. No, no, it's pre TMZ. Uh, that was a specific event that seems like. This is, like, this is, this is 1998. Uh huh. No, there's going to be naked dudes in my pool, and then. <laughs> What's the girl that was in Bong Water? Ann Magnuson. Ann Magnuson's suddenly taking off her bikini in my bedroom naked. Yeah. And mad at me because I don't have sex to her. <laughs> and then writes a song about it for Bong Water. Look which, it up. Google which song? It. Well, I don't know. Marilyn Manson didn't fuck me. I think it's called. 
No, I honestly think it's called Marilyn Manson Did Not Fuck Me. I like I'm not the, sure, but she did write a song about me not fucking I like her. Bong Water. I liked Ann Magnuson because I interviewed her when I was 19 years old in New York City. For what? When I was a journalist. Oh, for yeah. the fucking fun of it. Yeah, I just because I she could. was around. I, I would just pen. lie because I thought <laughs> she was hot. She was hot, and, that, and there was but that. But she was hot was... when she took her clothes off in my bedroom. So what went wrong? I was scared because there was naked guys doing weird chicken fights in my pool. So you're concerned about your property? Too no. Concerned. Well, I was just. I didn't think that I would come into contact. I'm still, in a sense, the same kid that I was when I meet people. Yeah. I'm still in awe of them. I don't get jaded. I don't think I'm better than someone else. I like that second Bongwater record. I don't remember listening to the record, second one, because I don't have a record player or a CD player. But It's way back in the day. So you're the same kid. You got shy. You got No, scared. I'm still shy. No, I still am. And you didn't fuck her. And she stood there naked. And how She did didn't it? stand there naked so much. I'm just saying that she was... Ex I think that she yeah. was putting provocative moves towards yeah. me let's yeah. say mm. and she wrote a song about it which yeah. I didn't listen to yet but she told me later when she saw me and I think that she was kind of mad at me but it was not because of anything other than fear of being in front of someone that you met when you were 19 oh. and being scared that wow I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this how did I manage to work my way into this situation where I can Get. have sex with Ann Magnuson who I thought was hot when I was 19 I was just a, a nerdy journalist kid and I why are too. those guys outside naked playing chicken fights I have pictures of the naked chicken fights too it, on your phone or just at no home no or? this is old school cameras okay. the clicking kind of go and the so walk me wind. walk me through the life then so you okay. you grew up in Ohio and Florida what was the thing that ruined you was it Florida <laughs> Well, I, 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 I mean, you were you were heading towards journalism, and then something went horribly different. No, I I, I was in Ohio. I just uh, oh, great stomach. That sounds That's terrible. Great. That's great. I've been eating because you starved me to death. I did not starve anybody. I know. I'm just kidding. I have some potatoes. There's people potatoes? starving in my stomach. Don't right you, now. What about the fitting? They didn't give you a nice layout of shit. No, they made me shit to do the fitting. The shitting. It's called the shitting. <laughs> Okay, now so in Ohio, yeah, I was just getting ready to, you know, I I was really upset. I've only gotten one real fight in my life. I've got my ass kicked a couple times. Yeah, no, I mean when, it's not a fight when you just get your ass kicked. Right, I got my ass kicked by Nazi skinheads and straight edge skinheads because the Nazi skinheads thought that I was Jewish and the straight skinheads thought that I was on drugs yeah. and I neither, 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 neither. Right. At the time. Right. Now you are Jewish and on Later drugs. I became Jewish on drugs <laughs> at a bar mitzvah just recently. <laughs> no, yeah. but they beat the shit out of me. Yeah. However, the only fight I ever got in was in creative writing class uh -huh. in Heritage Christian School yeah. in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. In eighth grade. Yeah. And some kid criticized my poem and I brained him right in the nose. Yeah. And gave him a bloody nose. He didn't get back up. But I stood up for my poetry. There you that go. That sounds a bit... You've done it before. It sounds a bit... Uh, yeah. A little bit light in the loafers, so mm -hmm. to speak. No, you're an artist. But I put my I put my hand into it, broke his nose. So you can, you know... Yeah. What I'm saying is don't meddle with poets. Yeah. People that are florists. Yeah. 
or you know guys that wear shorts or the cutoff so small that you can see the pockets hanging out yeah because you will get punched that's right they you come with that if you have the bravery to do to those do things those things then you pack a wallop <laughs> so that was the first so that time was, that was in florida then i got i mean in arts. ohio in ohio yeah. and i got kicked out of christian school for what i'll make it brief i put a dildo in the bible teacher's desk that i found in my father's father's uh basement my grandfather yeah was apparently a cross-dressing dildo handler yeah i don't i mean i wrote about it so in my you kind of you come from it it's great it's there, a, there's an ex- explanation for my behavior <laughs> but i i just thought that yeah. this bitch mrs price yeah to name her by name mrs price if you're listening you're a bitch so she was really she was really bitchy uh-huh. because she would say this. It was almost like telling a racist joke. She would say, "Now is there anyone Catholic or Jewish in the in the in the room uh-huh. during Bible class, which uh-huh. was every day?" Right. Where I had to memorize Galatians, Ecclesiastes. I know them all. Don't worry, Revelations. That's why you asked. I know it. The, she started the day by saying mm-hmm. that, and then if no one said no, then she would start shit talking all the other religions. Uh-huh. So I just found that I didn't want to be at Christian school anymore. Yeah. Did not realize that when I got kicked out of Christian school by putting a dildo yeah. that I found at my grandfather's house covered in greasy, unknown circumstances that I don't even want to think about, but now I can think about it, and it's kind of good that I wore gloves. You wore gloves to carry Not, your, not to keep fingerprints off, but Your grandpa's just, dildo, because it was slimy. It was somewhere inappropriate. Sure. I put it in her desk. I got kicked out. And I went to Christian school. I mean, I left Christian school and I went to public school. Yeah. Same bus stop. Yeah. Ass whooping. Oh, yeah. So cyberbullying can take suck a dick because I got my ass kicked the old-fashioned way yeah. at the bus stop. Yeah. For being a- If you don't want to get cyberbullied, you close your computer off. You got, I got you, my ass beat old-fashioned style at the bus stop. Bam, by, bam, bam. by Christian. No, by well, people that were like, he's oh, he thinks he's cool, better than us, baby. Oh. You know, but my parents were not religious. So then I went to I went to public school. Yeah, come ask me a lot. I learned to play it. I was in the band playing which, what? Well, this is where it goes south. I mean, yeah, the triangle. No, no, I I, really? I took I took drum lessons. Yeah, I found my my W Haskell Hart Pedro. Yeah. So drums, I'm, by nature, rhythm is something that's a big part of me. But well, you're yeah, you're, you play most drums. Of your music's got good swing, got good you know you. pop to it. It's not like crazy metal drumming. It's rock. It's good. It's is it doesn't confuse strippers. It doesn't confuse strippers. Yeah, I told Dave Lombardo. Yeah, I told Josh Homme. Yeah, don't make beats to confuse strippers. It's not fair. It's not nice, and I don't like it. I was going to keep tapping that foot, working that pole. Tapping that foot, working that pole. Yeah. So I went to, no, but that's really what I got stuck with. I, I knew how to play snare drum, but I didn't want to be in marching band. So I got stuck playing the triangle. Now, if you want to pick an instrument to get your ass beat with, it's a triangle. So you're telling me you got your ass beat again? Yeah, double ass By beat. the band guys or just by other guys? The band, the band girl guys uh, uh-huh. frowned upon me. For the triangle plane. Yes. That's where I become, became involved with some weird uh, burnouts. And yeah. I started selling my mother's diet pills, oh, as yeah. they call them. 
good kind as speed yeah to uh the burnouts so you're trying to get in like I want, yeah, yeah i was I going to denim jacket yeah going to juice priest concerts yeah. iron maiden concerts you were going i went yeah screaming for vengeance peace of mind yeah. i was in the beginning yeah old school and that was your shit that was my shit oh good and then so i had to sell speed to become cool but it was my mother's diet pills. wasn't even real speed what was my mom's piss pills whatever yeah, whatever but they bought it yeah. anyways so i became cool guy yeah. enough to get survived through high school yeah and as soon as i became cool we had to move to florida we moved to florida tough break and then i i started reading stephen king yeah the it yeah i'm calling it the it because it's the shit yeah i love the book yeah i wanted to be a fiction writer oh uh, got it so then somehow i decided i'm gonna go to community college in florida in Florida, Broward, Broward Community College, nice. BCC. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Represent. And still not have done drugs, still not being a drunkard, yeah. still not having a band. Nothing. Nothing. Just like, I don't know what I don't want to do yet, so I went to, I took two classes that I was excelled in, yeah. that I was excited about. Yeah. Journalism and theater, because I had a, a great fear of speaking in public. Yeah. And so I, and I'm not afraid to say this, I started open mic poetry night. Did you? Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Open mic poetry night. And, and uh, did you... In Florida. You have three names, I just realized. <laughs> Everyone has three names, but you don't yeah. use them all. You don't use any of them. Right. Do people call you Brian? Some people do. I don't really care what people call me. It's just really a word. I mean, usually, What's I haven't called your you... name? I have not called you by your name, but we do have the same initials. No, we, oh, right, Marilyn Manson, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, technically. Right. So the poetry night, that was being run by Brian Warner. I started that yeah. as Brian Warner, and someone said, oh, you should start a band. Yeah. And I was just doing what became the songs on my first record. So you were doing sort of slam-style, loud poetry? You, were in, you weren't reading passively? I made poetry night up, and it seems sort of a odd thing to say. It seems kind of a bit sissy thing to say but I, actually it was cool at the time because no one else did it there was no one else doing it it was yeah. just me I would just go on stage and I would read poems no, no one else did oh you didn't host it or anything no, no 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 it was just me where'd you do it at at a place called Squeeze nightclub which has since burned to the ground ah yeah so then it's, uh, suddenly then were you in a costume then no just you no I had started to dye my hair black at that yeah. point because my mother thought her, my mother's favorites were Alice Cooper and Elvis Presley. Not in that order. Alice first. Oh, she Alice. liked Alice? Yes. She has got some good songs. But... Yeah, 18. 18. And you know what? Ballad of Dwight Fry. How about, how about um, uh, I'll Never Cry, dude? I'll Never Cry. Come on. I heard you talk about that. And Only Women Bleed, which is an inexplicable song because I remember seeing that on Solid Gold. Yeah. And it just, it segues suddenly into the chorus and has, with no explanations only women bleed. no no but it just goes out from he, he stays out all night yeah doesn't go hit you sometimes in a while, once yeah. in a while yeah only women bleed and that's it, it just goes right into it it's no segue no tampon commercial <laughs> but it would have been a great tampon commercial <laughs> that, it really would have been I, well, that's, uh, that, I said that to Alice before and what he say he said it was once <laughs> he did yeah, I, I guess it was once. 
Well, you said it was. All right, so, okay, so now you're dyeing your hair black. Your mom likes Elvis Presley and Alice mm-hmm. Cooper. You're doing these poems, and someone says you should be in a band, and you're like, I only play triangle. <laughs> I didn't say that, but yes. No, I, I think the first two things I stole from the Canton yeah. library before I moved to Florida were The Doors' Greatest Hits cassette and oh, yeah. Aerosmith's Greatest Hits cassette. Five to one, baby. One in five. One in five. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I kind of learned to sing to. That the, makes sense, man. That you know, that live Doors record is a fucking great record. Yeah. And did you say the first Aerosmith record? Well, no, the greatest hits one. Which and uh, and I know. Also, like, uh, but at that time, it was only those first four or five records, right? It was the first great. It was hit. the red one. Yeah. With the white cover with uh, which had. It had uh, come together, which was in the Sgt. Pepper movie. Yeah. Which I, Mama I, Ken? No. Yeah. But, so, you know, when uh, so I, I, yeah. I get to meet Joe Perry because I know where he fucking lives, yeah. referring to my single. Yeah. Because I played him that song about seven months ago. Yeah. It's like, man, uh, his, Joe Perry's the sweetest guy. And I think it was, what, seven months ago, was that when the Super Bowl was? I don't know. I don't either because I don't follow sports that much. Yeah. But... Joe was really in a weird place and I just played him that song and he lives in a place where I know where he fucking lives and I played him my song is it by you? sort of yeah we know where you fucking live oh yeah yeah and I played him the song and he was excited and I go hey Joe hey Joe (laughs) you going with that gun in your hand I know where you fucking live yeah I said Joe you just became the coolest motherfucker in Aerosmith you know why? because of the Super Bowl commercial with Skittles last night (laughs) And he was, he was like he had like a childish grin on his face. He was so happy. Aww. He was he's a, he's the most amazing. I got to jam with Joe Perry, Giant Up, and Josh Homme. We were writing a song together, and Joe Perry was following me. It was the most weirdest thing because I don't the word jam yeah doesn't even fall into my vocabulary normally. But I was why it was a, I don't know because I just never you don't jam well. Not really. The dynamic between me and Tyler Bates on my new record and the last record, well, he'll, he'll sit like this distance, the yeah. same distance as us. Yeah. I have his guitar plugged in. I have this on headphones. Yeah. Just like this. If yeah. you plugged your guitar in, it'll be the same thing. Right. So on the new record and on the last record, you'll hear the guitar bleed. Into your, oh, into your, yeah. From your earphones. Not only women bleed, but my... Your earphones bleed the, guitar. My, my microphone bleeds too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And weeps, my yeah. weeps. Well, the new record I listened to most of it. It's a, it sounds like uh, there's some pretty tight songs on there. Some Satan stuff. There's some murder some stuff. Satan stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's some Satan stuff. Some murder stuff. Thanks for diminishing it. <laughs> come, <laughs> come on, come on. I like the Satan song. Satan. Well, no, you say God. Satan. Yeah, well, I like it. I like it too. I know, I'm not diminishing it. I, I mean, know it's what you do. No, but you said there's some Satan stuff and some murder stuff. But, but. But you know, people. But the, but the mix no, is a little it. different. I get it. I get it. It seems a little more grown up. That's weird that you say that because everyone said that about Pale Emperor. Sounded more Doorsy, Rolling Stones. Yeah, it was more rock and roll. Yeah, last record. Yeah, his record was the follow up to that where Tyler, there he goes again. Bates and I yeah. said to each other, we sat next to each other and we said. Why don't we let's do something? Let's just start a song that reminds us of the shit that we listened to when we were growing up, like a combination between like Killing Joke. Yeah. No, he actually said to me, "Do you like Killing Joke?" And I said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I saw them live open for Ministry. 
Yes, of course I do. Yeah. Kung Joke, Joy Division, Iggy. Yeah. Stones. You know, so we did Bauhaus, of course Bowie, Alice Cooper. So we just, we just. You summoned. I just said that. Yeah. And I didn't have to, because he scores films for a living, I'd written all the lyrics for this record out. Is that a first? Well, strangely in one notebook, yes. Yeah. Normally I would have like 10 notebooks all scattered and chaotic. Right. And I'd be trying to wrangle things in which is a more difficult way of doing things. It's almost like watching the movie yeah, Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. They're trying to write one song, and it's very difficult. Yeah. But this came very naturally. That's where good. We would just sit next to each other, and we would just put up a beat, a tempo, and she was like... Just the two of you? Yeah, just the two of us. And then we would later go back, and then we would we would make it live, and we would record it. But... For the most part, just the two of us, and then Gil Sharon, who also played drums in Dillinger Escape Project or Plan or whatever uh-huh. the name of the band is. But not it's not very Marilyn Manson style, but the main point was that we wanted to do something that was completely opposite of what the last record was. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't trying to harken back to what I used to do. Right. It was just going back to what inspired me in the first place. That's nice. Which was going to clubs in Miami and doing what they called slam dancing at the time. Sure. Yeah. To ministry and killing joke. Yeah. And I think even, I might even like slam dance to the Pixies, even though it wasn't appropriate at the time. Yeah, maybe. It was either slam dance or stand still. Yeah, but back then it was slam dancing, not moshing. No mosh, but yeah, it was just sort of like this is like. Yeah. It's when you would get hurt. Yeah. Chances are you Just could. like dudes would just run in. Yeah, it's how I broke my jaw, actually. So Is that true? No. No? Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. But yeah. I mean... It, broke your jaw slam dancing? Ugh. Somewhere along the line. Now, how'd the last record sell? I couldn't say for sure. Do I know all right, that, though? I know that it did all right enough for them to give me a better deal this time. Oh, that's good. And when you go out, you said, how big are the places you're doing? Pretty big? We just did a bunch of festivals in Europe that we headlined, oh. and we're doing uh, shows in USA that are what I want to feel comfortable in. Yeah, I mean, we could we could try to do different size venues, but yeah. I really prefer a certain size stage. So when we even, when we did festivals, I made them make our stage the size of a club, right? And they didn't understand it at first. Yeah, the crew and the other the bands right. and other stuff because their stages were bigger. So you make the stage like a rock club. I made the same as a rock club because it's like, I want to be able to touch, yeah. you know, the people next to me. And my drummer's right up front. Yeah. Right, which no one usually does. So he's right in the front where the guitar player would oh, that's be. That's good. And it's, you know, so, but at the same time, we're doing a lot of big shows. We're going to do the, I mean, we're doing some show in San Bernardino with, uh, I think with Rob Zombie, sometime soon. I'm not really sure when, but we're we're doing we're doing the LA Forum on our own later. That's great. So, but you know, you created this whole aesthetic that seemed to be supported by a lot of other creative people in the videos and the photos and your own sensibility and your own imaging and everything else. You really took whatever it is that you are doing to this level where. It had a profound impact on the entire culture. And you really seem to piss off the Christians pretty 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 well. And how when when you which is which is fine with me, 
Well, I guess I guess they had it coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, they well they're built to take it. So they kind of asked for it. <laughs> but I guess I guess my I have a couple of questions in that when when they first I think the first question is when it comes to ritual and when it comes to beliefs and all that stuff. Can you explain Aleister Crowley to me? Because I've read his fucking books, and I what do I got to do to make that make sense to me? It's just another person's opinion. I mean, but you, it's all written in poetry. It's very difficult to get through. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take anyone's written word as any, even my own, as lyrics, as something that's supposed to be. You read it, and it equals something. Oh. You make it what you want. Yeah. Just with anything. I learned that from the Bible. I think a belief yeah. in something is the key. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Good or bad. But you know, you always have to remember that you can put out good energy, you can put out bad, but I I, I think that someone writes a book, yeah. It doesn't make them any different from either of oh, us. Oh no, I get that. Like but I, I just I don't, I don't think that I'm saying that yes, Alistair Crowley had a big impact. He was involved with a lot of people, you know. And and obviously I've read his shit, so I know it. All so, of it, not all of it. Yeah, see, my stomach just went. No, that's Alistair. No, 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 no. But it's it's uh, it's not that I'm, it's not any disrespect to what he's written. It's just that you understand that some people, a philosophy, just in general, philosophy, yeah. is just one person's opinion. Sure, Nietzsche now, came as for Descartes. Yeah. Descartes. Yeah. I used to like to make fun of his name. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever person you want to pick. Yeah. It's all just an opinion. Yeah. Freud, Young. You know, if, when you go to philosophy, I'm more of a Jungian person than, mm -hmm. a, than a Freudian because I like alchemy because it's where it started. Yeah. It's basic. It's turning lead into gold. You take shit and you make it into something great. Yeah. The basic concept of it. Forget all the mystical part of it. You take something from nothing. Yeah, you make it something great. Now, in terms of um, when they hung all that shit on you, and you had to fight for your life and your art. <laughs> you mean Columbine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was. Um, go ahead. Yeah, when, when in in terms of uh, you know taking on that machine, which you did, you know, courageously at the time. Uh, I'll footnote that and say not exactly, but continue. Not exactly. No, no, I'll tell you. Oh. The rest of it. Uh, do you do you feel that that you were able to recover from that? When it happened, uh, my entire career was shut down. I had uh, this really dope show, yeah, giant success, yeah, which is strange and ironically, the the guy that edited that video, yeah, Bill Yukich. We we jointly watched uh, with the guy who did my album cover, Peru, this photographer. Yeah. We watched Columbine happen in Chicago. We were watching it live on TV, and they were saying- The coverage. Oh, yeah, we were just watching it yeah. live on TV. Yeah. May or may not have been high on cocaine. I won't convince, yeah. convict them of any my crimes. Yeah. But uh, we were watching it, and I said, man, this is going to fuck me over, because I know that they're going to blame it on me, and they said- seven kids dressed in Marilyn Manson costumes and it just kept changing. The story kept changing as it went along. But so I sucked it up, but it was strange when the Las Vegas casinos were canceling my show. So every show was canceled and the record label did not back me up. Huh. So everything got ripped out from under me. So I sat in my house 
and I wrote a story called Hollywood, and I had a movie deal that I was going to make what would be essentially, I guess, my version of The Wall. They wanted me to make right, Yeah. And it happened to inconveniently be about guns and kids. Yeah. So that got just pulled out from under me. And uh, <laughs> so I, I turned that into a record and to a book. And, and someone asked me the other day about if I was going to make that book come true. And yeah. it, I got re-inspired because the book actually sounds more relevant now yeah. than when I wrote it. Yeah. So you, haven't, so you could still put out the book? No, no. I'm going to, but it actually sounds... It would have sounded more dated when I put it when I wrote it than it would now because it sounds like what, you know. Don't call me, you know, Nos Nostra dumbass. But yeah. <laughs> right. It sounds more like now than it did when I wrote it. Oh, okay. Fifteen yeah. years ago. Right. So that that happens. So the way I come out is shave my head, hold a gun, and just say "fuck you" and have a song called "Love Song," "Death Song." fight song and just came out with guns blazing and uh, they're gonna blame me for violence this is the one thing that always amused me people always say that my music causes violence why aren't they worried what I'm gonna do <laughs> really <laughs> seriously <laughs> like you personally yeah me personally yeah. it's like you're, you're blaming me personally for shit that I didn't do why aren't you worried about what I'm gonna do yeah does it I, seem kind of odd like, like if your neighbor said that there's there's human feces on the lawn. Yeah. And he blames on your cat. Yeah. Why is he blaming on you? Right. Well, I mean... Uh, but he's blaming your cat, would and you he's blaming have, you as the owner of the cat, but he's not you, blaming you for pooping on his lawn. Right, but would you have rather that? I mean, what if they... Well, I mean, that's... They but, might as well have. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that the, the, they, they couldn't put you in prison for expressing yourself, so they destroyed you for expressing yourself collectively. Sort of, but in, in a sense, I didn't. I mean, and I'm not well, saying no, no, I'm I not mean, saying that what I've said in yeah. lyrics, especially in this new record, yeah. is not going to cause problems if people interpret anything that you say to cause problems. Yeah. Because that's people. Yeah. It's like I could blame the church for causing me to write it. Yeah, I could blame you for asking me the question. Yeah, you can blame anyone. No one has any responsibility anymore. That's the whole point from the beginning. The name Marilyn Manson was created to prove the point that they're proving against me. So it just proves it more. But I can't get through them because I'm not trying to change the world because it's pointless. You can't change the world when you can't even change your underwear. That's what I go by now is my mom. Because <laughs> I have it in several days. No, but that's not a lot. See, I always told you I diverted sarcasm. Yeah. It's hard to, to try to get... You can't get through a message to people, except in art. So really all you could say, you're doing this interview with me, we're, we're having our opinions, and I listen to your shit. I listen to it begrudgingly, yeah. but I listen to it. Yeah, do first a, a I research? Your, but first I watched your Netflix. The new one? The new one. The other day? That was pretty funny, right? I almost liked it a okay. lot. Oh, good. <laughs> I almost liked it a lot. No, I, li I did like it. And I watched it. No, I did you know. Yeah. But I knew who you were, yeah. but no one told me. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know it was that guy. Okay, well, you just yeah. said it was that guy. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. He's great. He's fucking funny. But you know, but people associate you with characters. Yeah. But I don't differentiate myself from a character that is Marilyn Manson. Now, acting is great because it's the only time I get to have Halloween. You've done some acting, yeah. It's the only time I get to have Halloween. Where you get to what dress up or? Well, no, I can't do anything else? on Halloween. Yeah. yeah, but acting, I get to be someone else. 
But what do you mean you don't differentiate? Because like I, I, you just see it as a fluid extension of you. You know, however, whatever you're manifesting at that time. Because I mean, you seem like a. Like, cause like there's some people I've talked to Iggy Pop. I talked to Alice Cooper, you know, like they're definitely not who they are on stage when they're talking to me. No one's who they are on stage when they're talking to you because we're not neither. on stage. That's right. Cause you know why? Cause you don't have teenage tits. On right. You. I get it. No, I mean in yeah. a way, because when you're on stage, you're performing. Sure. You're seducing, you're, 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 you're taking the music that you spend a lot of time writing. Yeah. Which is totally different than performing. Yeah. A lot of people in my life that I've you know, had relationships with don't understand the difference between writing a song and performing a song. Mm-hmm. Performing a song is, it's, it's a lot different. You know from doing comedy, sure. it's different than writing. Sure. Right? Yeah, so what do you mean a lot of people in your life who you had relationships with didn't I just, understand that? I just mean it's not the same as when you're performing, you're, you're seducing someone, you're, you're trying to get people to be a part of what you're making. It's, yeah. It's almost... Sort of a, it's a giant seduction. It is. It's uh, it is ritualistic in some strange way. Yeah, but it's not the same. But making this last record, I would invite people into the studio. Protect, mostly girls, because when you invite girls in the studio, then you have to sing better or you look bad. So yeah. it's kind of like when you're performing, you have to invite girls to make you look better. Yeah. Did you you feel like you got into it for the girls? There's a mathematics, there's an algebra yeah. <laughs> to rock and roll. Yeah. Guys go to concerts when I grew up in Ohio yeah. to meet girls. Girls go to concerts to fuck the band, yeah. and they can't, so they fuck the guys that go to the concerts. It's math. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm in a conundrum yeah. because I'm in the band. Yeah. So it becomes complicated. Uh-huh. But the main reason rock and roll exists is because... It brings people together, but the sexual thing it always has been, something. It always has been. Girls go there because they're caught up and they want to fuck the band, either in their mind or however they want to. Guys want to be the guy in the band, and sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes it's both. When you were sometimes when, it's both, especially when you're someone like me who presents an image that is not too masculine, right, for women and not too feminine for men. But I mean, when you first like no, summoned the character, <laughs> and you were doing these live, you know, large stage shows with all your makeup and your hair, um, like, and and the and the songs that you wrote, what was I mean? You thought of yourself as like I'm just rock and roll. I was the first person to ever write an article about Marilyn Manson. As Brian Warner had said, Marilyn Manson's music was amazing. The best music ever made. Mm-hmm. The greatest band since Black Sabbath by Brian Warner. I had no fucking music. <laughs> People were like, oh shit, what's this band? So I had to make music to fill in the blank. It was very Dolly. Yeah. My hero. Yeah. And I had to make up. I, I, I started a, a science project and I, <laughs> oh shit, what am I going to do now? So as a kid, then I just still feel trapped in the same pattern of being 23, essentially when my career took off. I don't ever think that I'm, I don't ever take things for granted. I don't feel jaded. I'll come here and I'll sit in your sweaty little garage. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, love you're you awesome. <laughs> but I mean, but do you ever feel like you're caught in the same age when you started? 
Yeah, I don't, when you don't have children, you don't really know. You don't have something checking you. Yeah. You, I do have you have children? children? I have cats. Yeah, I have cats too. But Two like, cats. I have three. But we don't have kids aging before you. You, you don't know, have kids. I don't. I don't either. So, I, yeah, I still don't have a clear handle on how old I am all the time. Certainly not emotionally, but physically you start looking in the mirror and you're like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> you look like a hard 34. <laughs> that's, that's very sweet of you. No, it's honestly. Yeah, you look like uh, 38. Thank you. Yeah. We're doing all right. You already, I already told you my age, but it's okay. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't tell unless me. I was I, born in 1969, unless you're bad at math. Then. I was born in 63. See, I'm older than you. No, you're not. I'm older than you. So you're bad at math. Okay, that is true. I'm, yeah. I hate math. Yeah. <laughs> and meth. I've never done You don't that. like math? Not really math. What, what are you on? Right now, days? I'm on your chair. And, okay. Yeah. I, I try to stay in the balance between doing healthy activity like for and instance, also being able to drink okay. the minimal amount of alcohol to be able to do that healthy activity ah. so it's a good balance I have a good teacher that teaches me how to yeah. be strong and have she teaches me how to drink within my limits of oh, really? capacity who's that is that a coach name. it's a yeah. coach no 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 it's just it's some romantic some some really don't tell her I said this, but some really slutty woman that yeah. does Pilates for me that learns uh, how to teach me how to drink within my limits and do Pilates at the same time. I didn't say that. Sorry. 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 I didn't mean to say that. Sorry. Sorry, coach. Um, <laughs> no more blow? I, were you trying to do blow right now? No. I don't, I what is that? blow? That is so antiquated term. What do you call it? It's such an antiquated term. I don't know. I've, I've, it's, well, I'm Devil's a, dandruff. I'm a sober. I'm bat, a, I'm, bat, bat. I'm a sober guy. Food. I don't want to do blow. Oh, you're a sober guy. Okay. I don't know. I don't. You could call it what, but blow is. You know what I have? I have Giant Depp's wig from Blow. <laughs> do you? I traded him my tits for mechanical animals. You did? So that's blow. Is that true? That is 100% true. So like occasionally do a little blow? Well, if you try to interrogate me, are you a cop? Are you wearing a wire? Wait, are we, are we, is anyone recording this? No, there's no one recording. Well, is anyone recording this? Why are you wearing a wire? You don't have to tell me. I was just curious. Yeah, of to course see where I you're... do drugs. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that doing drugs is, is supposed to be when you're in a good mood. No, it's okay. No, you no, just, no, it's no, not you, exhausting. You yeah. do drugs when you're in a bad mood. It's bad. Yeah. You do drugs when you're in a good mood. Yeah. It's still bad. But <laughs> what I said about cocaine yeah. in the past is... It just makes me less rich. <laughs> yeah. Not poor, but yeah. less rich. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this nose makes money. Yeah. And spends money. I get it. In the past. That's what I used to say. Yeah. But no, I, I yeah, I, I'll do occasional drugs all the time. You still talk to- I'll occasionally do drugs all the time. You still talk to uh, Reznor or no? Um, I, I talked to him recently and, yeah. and I really liked all, this, all the things he did on uh, Twin Peaks- amazing he also scored that vietnam documentary that ken burns just made called the vietnam war i didn't see that i'm not on bad terms with trent at all in fact um i really have a new appreciation and great fondness for the fact that you know we had a falling out and a lot of it was really anger and drug related and just confusion and record labels mostly record labels fucking with us how long ago was that it's a while ago right 
Well, when our big falling out yeah. came about was mostly, it really had to do with record labels. Yeah. And when I watched the deviant ones, the thing with Jimmy Ivey. Defiant ones? Defiant ones. Yeah. I thought it was the deviant ones. Oh. I would have called it the deviant ones. Okay. So I know what it's called. I was just fucking with you. That's so good. Because you know, my nickname that week was Devi- was Building building Face. But you, they had you it in there. It was called Building Face. Yeah. Because my face was on the building. So oh, yeah. it was Building Face. Got it. But I talked to him because he's the one who sent me uh, the link to it, and he said Trent did. Yeah, Trent did. And yeah. He, and he said that that he really liked the part that included us because, you know, I won't deny in any way whatsoever that he discovered and found what he wanted, and you know we had a in we had a, we had a tussle. Yeah. Well, he's the one who found me. Yeah. Signed me. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think he understood me a lot better than Jimmy, but I think. I may have underestimated how much Jimmy understood me because we never really had a conversation because there was a wall that was separated by Trent. So it wasn't necessarily, I was mad at both people, Yeah, but mostly it was just a misunderstanding, I think. About what the, when did they drop you or what happened? I don't know. No, well. I don't know the story, I'm sorry. I didn't do no, it was a fight between Nothing Records, which oh, yeah. had Marilyn Manson. Which and, is Trent's label. Yeah, but Trent was not on nothing. Right. It was his label. And it just became down to a point where I just wanted to do what I do. Yeah. And I think that's what Trent wanted to provide me with, and he always did from the beginning. Yeah. But once you turn in something, it doesn't always mean it's what it goes out to the world, except now. Yeah. So now with my record label, Loma Vista, which is Tom Wally, who was the person responsible, who used to work at Interscope and then Warner Brothers. The new record. The new record, Heaven Upside Down, yeah. let's plug it, boom, 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 yeah. boom. Um, he's the guy who put the billboard in Times Square of me with tits on mechanical animals. Yeah. Well, not tits exactly, but you know, St- you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah. He was the one who stuck behind that then, and then years later, he came to me with about this record. Yeah. And he basically gave us this record deal for this album, Heaven Upside Down without having heard anything but one song, Satan, and we, know where, song. and we know where you fucking live. Which I, I was just amazed that a record label would put out a song as a single, We Know Where You Fucking Live, and give me money for a video. But he put out Pale Emperor too, right? He was a part of it, yeah. but it was Cooking Final, and he wanted to be a bigger part of it. Oh, I get it. And I said, can you give us the same money as they gave us? And he said, yes. I said, good, can you give us double? And he said, okay. Great. Done. And he hadn't heard any music. So I'm a pimp. Well, good, man. Well, I'm happy that you're still working. You seem okay. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, like, you liked mm, it, huh? I did like Twin Peaks. I'm not sure about the ending, though. I, I mean, didn't watch it. The new one. I didn't watch the new one. Spoiler alert. No, yeah. I, I it got really good. A lot of people were wary about it, yeah. I, including myself. And I, saw I, a lot I, get, of people I get to work with Lynch once, if you want to hear the Lynch story. So when I did Lost Highway. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's strange, good. Yeah. Which is strangely, and I won't, I'm not making. Is that the, the one with Bob, Robert Blake? Yes. It's a weird face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm naked in it. And, yeah, yeah. And Robert Loggia and Michael Massa. Oh, yeah. I was just projected on wall and here's David Lynch. He's like, now Marilyn, listen, you're gonna, you're gonna be covered in blood. You're gonna die. You're gonna fall down. <laughs> Why? Doesn't matter. Now listen, listen. <laughs> Patricia is very sensitive about her breasts. So don't talk to her about her breasts, okay? 
Like, yeah. So why am I dying? Doesn't matter. <laughs> so first thing, I, I'm on set and I have like this weird gauze thing over my cock yeah. and balls. So, but I'm ass naked in front of the camera. Yeah. And I just look at Patricia Arquette and I say, hey, I liked you on uh, Dream Warriors 4 docking video. Yeah. She goes, how do you know that? He goes, and action. <laughs> she was really pissed off. It was fucking hilarious. It was one of the funniest things ever. Was she? In I was, that I was video? Just, yeah, she was in the Doc and Dream Warriors video. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> but that was that was my David Lynch experience when I first met him, and and I, he's always been he's a wildcat. He wanted me to be in Mulholland Drive singing. I want you to sing Heidi Heidi Ho, Marilyn. <laughs> like I want, I totally want to sing that Cap Calloway. Yeah. Heidi, Heidi. I need it to be done today. Like I'm on tour. I'm like in Peru or Europe yeah. or somewhere other. I need it today. Can you do it over the phone? Can you podcast yourself in a Skype over the phone? You just needed your voice. He really talks very loud. And you did uh, load, uh, Eastbound and Down? Yeah, that was just kind of a fun friend thing. Your buddies with... Uh... With Danny McBride, yeah, and uh, he's so fucking funny, man. He is very much Kenny Powers. So when's the whole record come out? Um, October sixth. This okay. video comes out October fifteenth, or it came out with the October fifteenth. Nuns. nuns and guns. guns. I think the biggest controversy in this is that nuns are wearing latex, and I know that Catholics are not allowed to use condoms. So I think the big controversy should be stuck there. Okay. It's about prophylactics. It's not about guns <laughs> yeah. shooting mortar launchers into minivans. Yeah. It's about nuns using their vaginas to rape an innocent Christian family who's not Catholic. Or about me being in charge of it while shooting other firearms. It's more about the Catholics being upset about prophylactics. And I think that we should cut to a commercial from Trojan. Boom. Coming up next, the Trojan condom from... You could have MM and MM. You could have put that in there. MM and MM. MM Double, M. triple, quadruple, quadruple M. M. Coming to your life. The time when you want to just not pull out the new condom, the new Trojan horse from quadruple M. M. When you just want to sneak M. into M. her M. and tell her afterwards that you're not wearing a condom it's just simply a rubber ring around the bottom of your penis new quadruple m from mark Marin. no from and marilyn manson marilyn manson you're welcome okay peace out thanks for talking <laughs> Okay, so there. I don't know if you if you felt the arc of it. Of the, if you felt the, the the tone of the conversation kind of become a little a little loopier towards the end. But uh, it was it was nice to meet him. It was nice to have him over. And I hope he's feeling better. I hope he's uh, bouncing back. Uh, yeah. So again, go get the book if you want. Uh, come to see us in San Francisco tomorrow night. Me and Brendan are doing our thing for the book event at the Alamo Draft House for Litquake. Uh, and I'll, I will play some guitar for you. 